Good morning to everybody, but Kyle Westwood out there. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Yeah. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm not bad at all there. We're about to see a, a standing start for the third time of the today. F1 Demolition Derby. It is. It's a very expensive race here today. Wow. If you're watching wow. out there, man, somebody asked me, what's going on here? I said, a lot of people emptying their pocketbook. <laughs> a lot of people. The Racing of- Point car just went up in flames. It's destroyed. Sainz's car's destroyed. Um, Giovinazzi's destroyed. Max Verstappen destroyed. <laughs> uh, did he get into Raikkonen? I think Raikkonen yeah, did have Reichenen. a little damage. We we saw a couple front wing exchanges there with uh, Vettel and a couple other guys. Right. So, man. The F1 junkyard would be busy. Michael Joseph says the red flag fiasco. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way to put today. But, hey, what a way to kind of uh, uh, come off of a, a very energetic week there in F1. And then, boom, you got to come in here. So, pretty uh, pretty entertaining, pretty interesting there. Gotta, you gotta like it. I mean, uh, unfortunately, right now the Mercedes are gonna start one, two, but the big storyline right here is Ricardo in third. Yeah, the Honey yeah, Badger's yeah. ready to do some pouncing here. Honey Badger, don't give a. Yeah. <laughs> right, Kyle. You don't. I'm just telling you to watch the race, not to. You, right now, you gotta watch. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a huge NASCAR fan. Everybody. Kyle. He's a Jimmy Johnson fan. So I told him. I said, hey. Your boy's moving over to IndyCar here next year. You might want to start watching your new love now. That's open wheel racing. I know it's not IndyCar, but hey, it's open wheel. Start to get used to it now because he's a coming. So uh, a lot of and he's going to Ganassi. Oh, I'm I'm excited. We got a lot to talk about here today. You guys, thank you so much. As always, you can tune in to www.bwsports1.com for all the hap hap happenings for. us right here at Checkers and Wreckers. Our brothers over at uh, the Black and White Sports Show. Super kicking it with Steve. Uh, fantasy Bros. I mean, it's got everything. It's got everything. I love it. I did a little fantasy action myself. We'll see how it turns out today. I'm not uh, the best. Since, since I've been doing this big racing ordeal, I haven't been watching too much football outside of uh, my Cowboys here. So. If you're into the NFL, obviously that starts today. You check out the Black and White Sports Boys for that because we are on it with uh, some racing here today. Speaking of racing, let's uh, jump into some. <laughs> Kyle's upset. <laughs> Kyle's a huge NASCAR fan. Oh, you got him. You got him going this yeah, morning. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's going to get good right there. Um, but let's let's jump into some local racing real fast. Yeah. We'll, we'll go ahead and cover it. that. Uh, last night was the three-hour figure-eight endurance at yep. Speedroom, which is right down the street. Uh, congratulations to Jesse Tunney. Jesse Tunney comes away with the win. Congratulations to Sam Breedlove Racing, which is the car owner. And uh, what was on the tires? Probably Mojo, I'm guessing. Mojo, Mojo made him go-go. Yep. I saw it was like 461 laps. Mm-hmm. I think they got done last night. So I, the record is over 500. Mm-hmm. Is it over 600? Because uh, there was uh, one year they said that the time didn't count for the yellow flags. So I, that's that something I stacked that, up the green. If was Jimmy was on here, we the, could ask him. He would know. <laughs> something tells me G Pal would know too. He might. He I might. Got, I but I, I guarantee you, Jimmy out. would. Um. <laughs> uh, but speaking of the speedrome, some more big news broke out this week. We can go ahead and throw it out here because the cat's out of the bag now. The owner, uh, I believe his name's Kevin Garrigus of Speedrome, bought 40 acres of land from Marion County Fairgrounds property, which is just right over here as well. And he's planning on putting in the largest dirt track in the state. And he's not going to have just one dirt track. He's going to have two dirt tracks and a dirt figure eight. That'll be interesting. So it's all going to be tied in together. So yes. One track is going to yes. have all of this. Yes. So you're going to have a, a big oval, a small oval, and a figure eight yep. all combined. That's going to be some fun nights there. And they said they what they're going to do is keep it separate from the, the speed drum there. So if something's racing at the speed drum, you won't have anything going on here. Right. So I like it. They're I do too. Give us, I do too. Uh, not a full week. But we're going to get a lot more racing here locally, and we're going to get a good dirt. And I think you were saying. He was talking about he wants to get the Lucas Oil Series exactly. and the, the World of Outlaws Series. And, you know, possibly uh, that track could hold a race for uh, Indiana Sprint Week, Indiana Midget Week. I'm excited. I mean, because 
We don't have a dirt track locally. Closest dirt track's what an hour drive for us. I am asked if you can count that, but yeah. that's a small. And it's one time a year. Right, exactly. That's so a, I mean, I wish they would go there for uh, midget and sprint week. Yeah, I mean that's a fantastic track yeah. for that. You're not going to put a late model on that track no. by any means, but uh, man. But I think that's awesome. I mean, we we we're going to be able to go dirt races now on a regular basis, and I'm <laughs> I'm stoked. Right, absolutely. Yeah, that'll be some fun there. I know some people are excited about that. Like you said, though, I mean, that's a lot of competition because you've got Kokomo, you've got Lawrenceburg, you've got 69, you've got... Uh, Brownstown. Brownstown. There's another... What's the one in uh, uh, Lincoln Park. Is that Lincoln Park? I don't know. <clears throat> There's one down by Martinsville. But uh, Gas City, then. Gas City. I mean, you've got a lot of good tracks here in an area. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm excited for it. I think that'll be good. And these guys know how to hold these these racing these these races here. It's not like you're getting a new time or a new new owner. Doing right, this, he's not new to racing. Exactly. I mean, he's he's already have a, he already has an established racetrack going right now. If you ever about Speedrome, Paragon, Paragon. Thank you, okay. Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, if you ever about Speedrome, they pack the house out there. I yeah. mean, right now with COVID, you know, they have the restrictions. It was packed for the restrictions, though, because yeah. I saw videos, and you saw before he, he that got, got the committed. fine. Right. So after that, I mean, it looked crowded, but people, it, it was spaced out there. Right. So, I mean, they did what they could, and then they had that, that low-budget TV that you posted on the page there. Yep. That's a, a good little way to, to check out what you got going there as well. So Yeah, and, um, you know, if you can't make it to the track, they also have that, uh, the speed, was it Speedrome TV? That's a low-budget TV. Okay. That's the, yeah, exactly. And you can get on there, and you can... You have to pay to watch the race, but I right. think it's uh twelve or thirteen dollars or something yeah, like that. So, I mean, invite a bunch of friends over, sit around, right. and watch the races. Absolutely. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Michael Joseph said, "Now that's some good news right there. That's that's good news. Good news. Good news." Yep. Hey, we're brightening up uh, a week here, starting off the week on a good foot here this week here. So. Not many weeks you can say about that in 2020. <laughs> no, F1, no. the owners definitely ain't saying that this week. Then. No, not at all. <laughs> so, oh, goodness. Let's uh, let's talk a little go-karting. Okay, let's do it. So yesterday we were out at uh, Whiteland, and we had an absolute, or I should say, shouldn't say we, I had an absolute blast out there yesterday. Uh, I got into the grass monster grabbed me uh, during my practice. I, I got a little uh, tight out of a turn and went right off into the uh, the grass there and got a barricade. Fixed it happens. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> fixed everything I needed to do, and I got out there for my heat. Like I said, the uh, the clutch, unfortunately, I think uh, I need to uh, do a little work on that. But, uh, man, the, some of these guys are really fast out here at Whiteland. These guys, uh, I mean, they're putting out nationals. I mean, they're going to, to nationals in these 206s. And that, I'll tell you what, if you haven't gotten into uh, to racing before and, and you really want to look into it, I really think that 206 is just a, a fantastic series. It really is. I mean, you, you take a lot. I mean, yeah, you can still blueprint the motor technically, but when they blueprint the motor, they're not doing a whole lot to it. They're not getting in the crankcase whatsoever. Right. Um. They're not doing anything with the cylinder or anything like that. You know, they may lap the valves in a little bit better and do a little cleaning up, basically. Right. But, uh, yeah, for a good 206, you're talking $1,000. Oh, yeah. For a yeah. brand new one. That's ready to go besides clutch and motor mount. So, bang for the buck. You really can't beat it. Uh, it's a competitive class. It's, it's you know, it it, it all comes down to... Handling of the chassis and driver. Right. You, you pretty much take the motor out of the equation. Right. Absolutely. And it, it's just so much fun there. I mean, we had 20, 21 drivers in my class. Daniel had 18 in his. So th that's a good amount of drivers right yeah. there for a, a smaller track. Excuse me. Excuse me. My goodness. Um, but yeah, we, uh, that, I mean, that you've been there. That mm -hmm. track can get tight yeah. with a good amount of uh, carts out there. So, but right now, I'm just trying to find my lines, trying to to get that time under me. I uh, I, I was fast there, but uh, like I said, that that clutch had just got soft, and my brake was so soft there. But I'll tell you what, it was a, a bit of unfortunate 
with obviously you don't want bad breaks and i was dealing with that all day but it taught me how to really whip that hairpin because i had to use the cart more than i could use the brake because i didn't have much brake there and that hairpin has been in the back of my mind since i was 14 years old and i told you that story yep. and i just threw it off so ever since then i have never been fast in that corner I finally found my speed yesterday, and it's because a, a little unfortunate, uh, or a little unfortunate there, I should say, with a break. Had you ever had anything like that kind of teach you a lesson when when uh, in racing? What, when brakes go out? Not necessarily brakes, just a, kind of a, a little bit of misfortune that turned out to be a, a learning lesson, but it was oh, yeah. in your favor. Like, oh, yeah. Not, not that... I hit the wall and I learned how not to hit the wall. But like, like I said, with the brakes, like kind of, they didn't fail on me. They were just really hardly there. So I had to learn how to break up or back breaking points up and still stay, you know, not to to jump over anybody. But uh, I we we ran Whiteland and uh -huh. when we ran the track backwards. <laughs> Yep. Every now and again, they would throw, and this is the old track, not when they put the high bank in and all <laughs> you, that. It's, it's the you know original I track now. But uh, so they decide they're running the track backwards that night, and I was still fairly new. I think I've been racing for maybe a year, and uh, go out there, we race. I go to come in the pits, go to slow down, no brakes. <laughs> I mean nothing. So I'm like waving my arms, trying to tell people to get out of the way. And there used to be a big concrete slab in the middle of the pitch. You can ask Kanowski about it. Well, when I come in, I hit that concrete slab and it stuck up a little bit. So it stopped me, but it also broke my chassis right oh, there yeah. too. So, but I, I guess what I learned was stay off the freaking brakes. Yeah, you, you heated them up. Yeah, that's what it was. I, I I got them too hot and it yeah. boiled the fluid out. But uh. That, you know, and that's just, it's it's racing as a learning curve, you know, like you guys are experiencing right now. You're oh, going to yeah. you're gonna go through, you know, ebbs and flows, like you like to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all a learning process. And, you know, three, four years down the road, there's going to be a guy coming up to you. Hey, man, you know, how do I do? Oh, you're, oh, you just do this, do this, this, you know, and then you guys will have it down and you'll right. know what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, but, that, yeah, I just, it was actually fun, though. Cause like I said, I've been I've been grandma on that around the the turn for the longest time. So this time I was able to to really whip it and and really get a feel for what speed felt like around that corner. Cause I had to use like I said the tires to really slow me down because the brake wasn't doing its job. Well, but seeing you guys are coming into the hairpin backwards, the configuration you were running right. No, we were going. That was the full, full long track. That you got speed. You're full out. Around okay, the, and then you come down here, and then you're coming into the hairpin the regular way. Yes. So you're going off the bank into the hairpin. Now, see, there used to be, and there again, going back to the old track, that you come through the sweeper, which the sweeper now leads into the high bank. But then you would turn down. There's a little kink right there, and there used to be, right on the track on the very edge right here, there was like a bump. And you could hang your left front tire over that bump and kind of dump it in the grass right there a little mm -hmm. bit. And it would set you up perfectly for the hairpin. It would upset the cart just right, and you would shoot the hairpin perfect every time. Right. <laughs> and, and that's kind of like that bump steer or something like that. Mm -hmm. you know. So it's fun finding those little uh, deals there. He said uh, white one used to be smooth in a fast track. Oh, these... Uh, this track, I mean, it's steel coated now. Yeah, it's all new paved. Oh, I mean, it's, uh, it's nice, very nice out there. It is. I mean, I like how they've done where they can have multiple configurations. I do like that. Oh, I think there's like fifty some configurations. Which, like how run. Newcastle is too, and that that's the way to do it. If you're going to have a a track like that, you need to be able to do, to run several different configurations. Right. And so I do like that standpoint of it. I don't like that high bank. I think that was dumb. But which. Andy and Sarah wasn't the ones that put it in there. It was in there when they bought the track. <laughs> but I just, I, I I get it why they did it for the rental cart because, you know, cart tracks don't make a whole lot of money, so you got to have a pretty good rental cart business. Right. But I understand why they put it in there, but, it you know, the old track's where it's at. <laughs> See, it, like I said, it, it's it's repaved and everything like that. It It is a lot smoother than what I can remember it being back when I was – what 14 13 years old playing or racing out there so uh man it was just uh 
absolute blast there yesterday. But yeah, like I said, Daniel caught going into the high bank, man. It's like a ghost. Just, just blew him. Just pushed him over into the... Well, with that seat mount breaking, that's what did it. It upset the cart and the weight shifted. Well, and... that's the only thing I can think of because I don't know, obviously, if it broke in the incident after he backed it into the, the wall or if it broke before. I am thinking it broke before. That, that would make sense. Because it shifted his weight. Yep. And because at that point, I mean, but like I said, I, I shouldn't laugh because he's all right. But it's it's your your brother. You kind of find humor in this afterwards as he did me. But he, he yeah, he's in backwards. He, so I heard the announcer. Oh, somebody's in the wall hard. I'm thinking to myself, oh, don't be Daniel. Don't be. Oh, it's Daniel. It's Daniel. <laughs> it's like, darn it. And, and he was racing side by side with a guy for a good amount of time. And you could tell where the gearing was on the carts because he'd catch them on the uh the straights daniel would and then that guy would be able to catch daniel throughout the little two hairpins so uh, so he was pulling better off the turns and then the in the slower stuff right. which you know that's I, I don't know what that guy weighed but you know with daniel giving up some weight and i told him before they were that guy was pretty i mean he was about your side okay. honestly so but I that's mean, what kills you you know being right. overweights in the turns once you get that momentum going, it right. doesn't hurt you as bad as if you're getting on and off the throttle. That's what's going to really kill you. But that guy, he could have had his clutch all worked up. Maybe that's why he was pulling off the turns better. Right, exactly. Yeah, just a little bit different gearing, yeah. something like that, really. So that's what I need to figure out a way to go out and really find the gear that is a good baseline for the track because I, I think I had it yesterday. But uh, he said that was a driver issue. Okay. Hey, at, at <laughs> least he admits it. Right. At least he admits it. Yeah, I saw him I a mean, couple you, times you have to, out of the corner doing that, <laughs> trying to get it going. And there again, you know, it's a learning curve. You have to learn where your weak, your, your weakest spots on the track are at and work to improve that. You know, work to get you and the cart going through that turn better if that's yeah. where you're losing some speed. What I would do is, because I got passed by the leaders uh, in the feature, and at that point, there's a pack of four of them, and I've got a pretty good distance behind me to their ass. So I just tucked in behind them and tried to follow them around as well as I could to, to hit their lines and hit their marks. Obviously, they're hitting the right ones, and uh, I, I really feel like that helped me. So I, I'm excited. <laughs> the uh, bump air backwards said to stop. <laughs> uh, but speaking of uh, continuing on with kart racing, last weekend at Newcastle Motorsports Park, they had their first night race. Nice. You know, and, and was, yeah, Mark Dismore cool went out too. and uh, rented rented lights and everything like that, and they had a good turnout. So uh, that was their first ever, I believe so. Because they've done endurance races there, right? Yeah, but those are well, yeah, they did do a like a twenty four hour, twelve hour, whatever it was. So I guess technically, but as far as a, a KRA points paying race, that was their, I believe, first KRA points paying race night race. But uh dad was talking to mark dismore about it and he's like yeah we probably won't do any more this year but i think uh, we're going to plan on doing some more next year so i i, I enjoy the night racing it I, was I think cool yeah that's what last night that's was what we did us, i mean yeah. you know it was always saturday night which we didn't race till saturday night but we always got the track at like 10 30 11 o'clock in the morning so right. you'd be there all damn day right <laughs> that's what uh we had the uh oh he did he got him alvin just took away it from rick but uh, so last night, what I did notice at a, uh, a night race is I got fog on the inside yep. and I got bugs on the outside yep. and I could hardly see a thing. You got to get some, um, I don't remember what it's called. I had some, it's like anti-fog. You put it on the inside of your shield. Right. And then I need some anti-bug on the outside. Uh, those are called tear-offs. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Rain-X. <laughs> Yeah, just get invest in some tear offs. <laughs> I didn't realize how bad that would be, but yeah, you definitely lose a little bit of uh, visibility when you're uh, fighting that battle. So, <laughs> just if you get tear offs, don't do like I did one time. We're up at Road America, going. There's just crap all over my shield. You ripped them all off. I I, gra <laughs> I grabbed a loop to pull one off. Whoop! There goes all fifteen of them. <laughs> Hopefully it was uh, late in the race there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll move on now to we got F1 finishing up. It looks like 
Hamilton's going to take this one. I don't see Well, him. duh. <laughs> right. Any other way so, Toss can get to him. So we can go ahead and talk about uh, some of the news that broke this week in F1. Yeah. So what was it? Uh, Perez announced that he's leaving Racing Point at the yep. end of the season. And Sebastian Vettel, same day, signs with Racing Point. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, they're getting a strong driver. I I think I think he's good to be in there to develop the car. He's he's right. been you know in the Red Bull. He's been in the Ferrari, so he's got some experience in different cars. And if you want to further develop that car, because Racing Point's right on the verge of being one of those top tier teams in F one. So, but and then what is it? It got pushed back. So is twenty twenty two when they're breaking out the new car? Correct. Yep. So you have one more year of pretty much the current car. There'll be some tweakings on it, but if you sign Vettel for a couple years, then once in 2022 you get the new car, then you got that veteran driver to help adjust and dial in that new car. Well, not only is he a veteran driver, he's an engineer as well. Yeah. He's got an engineering degree. And he's a I former did. champion. Right, exactly. I, but that helps so much, The uh, like that engineering degree there. I mean... To have that behind you, and like you said, that's what I read too. Is they they said right there it was uh, really their their driving factor was him being able to set that car up. Mm -hmm. So that really helped to uh, to gain that. They are they're catching them here. We got Botas catching up to uh, Hamilton, which is catching or Albon's catching both of them coming uh, coming down quick here. But uh, <coughs> um. But what I was going to ask there is where do you think this puts Perez? Because I have an interesting an interesting situation. Where does it put him or where would I like to see him? Both. Give me where does it put him first? What do you think there? Um. Well, as far as F1, it pretty much puts him out unless somebody at the end of this season gets fired and they, hey, we need a driver, Sergio There's Perez available. There's a lot of uh, open seats right now. When I was looking at the the people that have signed, a lot of open seats. So, you know, maybe he does end up in, you know, he's not going to go to one of the big teams because uh, their drivers are pretty much full. McLaren's got both their drivers signed. Uh, so that leaves you with, uh, what, maybe Alpha Tori, um, Alpha Romeo, uh, Williams. So, I mean, would you really want to go to one of those teams? I mean... Coming from where you're at now, I don't think I would want to. So, I, I just I don't know if we see him back in F1, but where I would like to see him, IndyCar. That's and where McLaren's talking about putting a third seat. Yep, they did. They and said, they, you they have one of your him. fellow countrymen already running for McLaren and IndyCar. Perfect fit. They told him too that if if you do not get a ride here in F1, then we we have one for you in Indy. Does he want to take it? We'll see. But Here's my, and, and this all depends on the finish right here, because my my uh, uh, guess before, if you will, or my hypothesis, um, is that if Albon does not take a top three, Albon could be at Red Bull. He's not signed. Perez could take that seat at Red Bull. I could see he's a he's a solid driver. Oh, see, I thought Albon was signed till next year. He's not. So okay. Uh, if now though that he's sitting in a top three, he's got a good run here putting together. If he catches second, he's two seconds off. It looks like the, we could be talking different. But with the new regulations coming, Alfa Romeo doesn't look too unappealing. Uh, so would you step back? I think both of those seats are going to be open. I don't think Giovinazzi gets signed back, and I think Kimi's going to step away. Uh, there, there's talks that Kimi's going to do another year. I can't. Uh, I mean, he must really love racing or really hate his his home life. <laughs> it's, it's one of the. Two. I I would probably say it's he loves the racing. That, yeah, I, mean, I would agree because he's he's been around for a long time and he just doesn't seem like a guy that wants to be in a backpack for for too long. And how much longer is he going to stick around? I mean, can he compete for the next four years? Because that's at this point, I that's mean, what you have to stick around for. That's the way I look it, at it. It's no different than Fernando coming back. I mean, he's up oh, there in true. years too. That's that, that's true. That, that but that's the way I look at this. Is if you're going to sign back with a team, then that team needs to be invested in you for their first stage of the new regulations. 
or to to get this driver maybe just sign that one more year for him to finish out the old regulations but at that point it doesn't make sense for kimi as a, a world champion and like you said maybe he just loves racing so much and wants to get behind the wheel that he's okay running anywhere in the field and you know it could also be too you 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 live this lifestyle for so long he doesn't know what to do with you're, that you're you're used to traveling to these different countries these races you're used to being out there on that grid and just living that f1 lifestyle that you know so it could be a combination of him still wanting to race and you know that lifestyle right so uh, uh, at this point if it was me i would all right i'm done after this year you know right that's the way I'd look i've at got it. nothing left to prove but like like i just said it it if that's what you're used to and you because he's raced f1 for how many years now uh probably <laughs> say he's, probably he's closing in on if not 20 i mean at least 15 right so i mean that's that's been your life for all these years that's it's hard to walk away right absolutely there so uh I, I i don't know i think that just kind of opens up the the alfa romeo talk so i think in my mind if that one seat's open in alfa romeo because giovanazzi i don't think is going to be there uh so no. if Kimi stays he gets that seat if if giovanazzi does not get re-signed i think we see mick schumacher step into that alfa romeo seat next year okay um okay uh they've been kind of chatting about that there i think both of the haas seats are going to open up I, I agree with that yeah so there opens another seat for perez to go to but do you want to go to a team again that's where perez would have to say i'll go here this year but you guys have to be invested in the new regulations you've got to give me a car to really push forward and, and do something with you know what i'm saying and I just don't. Um, I'm sorry. I don't see Haas being that team. And I would, I would kind of agree with you there. But they're going to give him the money. Uh, yeah. And he may go after that. Um, another option for that Haas seat is Nico Hulkenberg. You've seen him take a, a year off. I could. He see come back, him, ran this year. Right. I could see him coming back and, and taking over that hamilton just pulled away two seconds on the last lap. the guy's impressive that would be uh, a solid driver to fill one of those seats though i right. like i said i was shocked that nobody tried to pick hulkenberg up when renault let him go i think it was just so late in the year and everybody i mean because he's a consistent driver right i mean maybe he doesn't have a bunch of podiums or, or wins or anything like that but if you want a driver that's going to bring the car home and give you some good feedback to where if you had a young driver that you're trying to develop and you had nico hulkenberg you got that guy that's going to give you good input on the car he's going to kind of help this young driver and like i said he's going to bring the car home in one piece nine times out of ten right so Absolutely. i and uh i'm trying to think who else then we have so albon i i and i don't think kvyat gets re-signed at uh alpha tori they, they they've uh, taken him down they they didn't want him in that red bull seat he hasn't produced like ghastly has in the alpha tory i i don't think he gets re-signed there so there's another haas so it could be nico and uh uh and i mean if i was if i was perez and i had my you know choice between going to um haas williams or alpha tory I'd, I'd take the Alpha Tori ride. I, I think once the new regulations come in, that's where yeah, it's Ferrari, gonna be a decent team. Yeah, because Ferrari, that's a Ferrari back team. Correct? Yeah, so they're gonna Scuderia Alpha Tori. So they're going to, uh, no, Alpha Tori is uh, Honda, uh, Red Bull. Yeah, it's Honda. But Ferrari with, uh, but the the team's called Scuderia Alpha Tori. That's that's oh yeah 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 I'm with you but uh, the uh, Alpha Romeo the that's a ferrari that's backed. a ferrari back team so when this money switches hands and ferrari can't put it all into one basket does that help that that kind of secondary team there <laughs> do they do they kind of weigh each other out there and does that make that option become a very kind of uh uh pretty or uh, I th uh what's the word i'm looking for convincing ride i i think that you know when the new regulations and and you have these satellite teams like this like with 
Scuderia Ferrari, and then you have Alfa Romeo, okay, and you have a budget you have to work on, you know, that's where Ferrari needs to step up and tell them, say, hey, look, you know, I know you guys have to develop your chassis and everything like that. How about if we just throw all our money in a pot? We'll, uh, you can use our facilities. We'll design right, exactly. the chassis. We'll have a good motor. You're not going to get the exact same chassis that we have, but, you know, we're going to give you close, kind of like how Racing Point and Mercedes are right now. But, uh, I mean, that's the way I would go about it. If, if you want to be the most competitive, that'd be the best way to do it. The chassis are all going to be, I think it's going to be like IndyCar when it comes to chassis. It is. Yeah, so they all have to the, run the, the same chassis. It's going to be your, your, your motor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I really think that it, it becomes a very enticing ride for somebody in that situation especially here's another question does mick schumacher find himself at alpha and stay there because it's such an enticing ride i mean we're looking into the future here but that that ferrari background is so strong in that family but yet if if the regulations work like they should and that what we're saying does happen he could find himself very comfortable behind that and want to stay there with the team. Yeah, I mean, as long as Ferrari's supplying the uh, good enough power for the team, and everybody wants that Schumacher name back with. Well, Ferrari. yeah. So, oh yeah. But and I think I think in the long run, because you know his father Michael, he didn't start out in Ferrari. He started out in a Benetton. Correct, and he, didn't and he won his first Ferrari. championship. Right. Um, and then he you know ended up moving to Ferrari, and. I want to say, did did he step away for a year or two, and then he come back and ran Mercedes? Mercedes, yeah. Because what was it before Sauber? Uh, and then Mercedes bought Sauber. No, was that the Braun team? Braun. It was yeah, Braun. It was Braun. It was Braun. I think you're, you're correct. So I think he stepped in with them for one year, and then Mercedes. Or I no, he he was straight in Mercedes was the because first year Mercedes. It was. Bought, it was because uh, you know they they dangled enough money in front of him i mean <laughs> right? what better driver to have develop your yeah, car that's exactly what that was and that's for. what it was they, they wanted michael to get in there and develop the Schumacher, car correct um he had some good runs but he didn't he didn't finish in a uh he the, the car wasn't as dominant as it is now exactly right so that's like you said look at those tires that's like you said just wow. excuse me absolute uh <clears throat> the the point of that was definitely to bring in the uh, uh the kind of the help in setting up that car like you said so but to um, give it the dominance that it has now and going back to having a schumacher at ferrari you know i could see him coming into that alpha team and you know what if a few years down the road either sains or leclerc's out at ferrari you bring mick in as long as mick's producing results at alpha right and uh ultimately i i can see him in a ferrari i mean that's like you said schumacher and ferrari those names go you know it's synonymous right absolutely there so i guess uh you got anything else uh f1 no nope. so we'll, we'll move on to the uh more favorable of ours at least uh style of open wheel racing here we talked about it already a little jimmy johnson yep moving to ganassi jj moving to a four car team so I asked this on the page here. What do you think? Do you think this kind of takes away from the progression that we've seen in Felix and, and Marcus here? No, because you, you figure now next year that'll be uh, Felix's third year in IndyCar, and that'll be Marcus's fourth year, correct? Third. They're, uh, they're yeah, both on I, the yeah. same year. Okay. I thought Marcus was in a year before. but uh, So both of them will have three years. Um and Marcus has really shown some good runs this year. Right. You know, Felix has had some ups and downs. Yep. But uh, I, I don't think bringing Jimmy Johnson in disrupts the team whatsoever. I mean, you know, it's it's Chip Ganassi racing. You know, they got Dario there. It's the, you know, team principal. Um, I, I I think they're, they stay true just like they are now. So you don't think Dario's focus sort of goes to helping Johnson? No, okay. not at all. And, not at all. Uh, Johnson understands the car, I think, well enough to where he, he he's going to need some help from Dario when it comes to how do I get around these I guys. think him and Dixon, 
I think he'll really lean on Dixon. I can see, yeah, and Dixon kind of and, working with him better than he does the younger guy. Well, and Dixon knows, hey, you know, this guy's a multi-time champion. Exactly. He's 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 a racer. So I, I think them guys will really hit it off and have a pretty tight bond and kind of that'll be Jimmy's go-to guy right there. And I could see that. And then hopefully, like, uh, that does keep the focus on from Dario to the two younger guys on that team because I could really see – if they're able to progress this and, and really do well with this, number one, it's bringing moolah. Oh, yeah. Team. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know Ganassi's eyes went cha-ching when he was able to get him because sponsors are going to throw themselves at Jimmy Johnson in an IndyCar. It's going to be – he's going to run 21st in his first race, and the camera's going to be on Jimmy Johnson. Oh, he's going to have an onboard camera first race. Oh, 100%. I mean, no question. Why wouldn't you? Right. You're, you're seven time, seven time, six time NASCAR champ. Yeah, you're going to have a camera. It's like when the F1 guys, Fernando, this year in the 500. Yeah, you were really no better than a 20th place car. No. But yet, you got a camera on board because you're Fernando Alonso. Yep. So, absolutely, I think this brought tons of money to that uh, Ganassi Foundation. And not so, even just bringing tons of money to Ganassi. It's it's bringing, you know, the spotlight on IndyCar. Oh, absolutely, 100%. So, not to move to NASCAR because I want to stick to IndyCar, but what this does open up is Jimmy Johnson. He said, I want to run 15 races next year. He's scheduled for 12 in the IndyCar series. He's going to run the 500. No, I don't think so. I, 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 I really, I really think he does. don't think so. I, I really don't think Johnson. He is so stern on it. He has been stern since day one. Um, but what I do... He's going to run the Daytona 500 for Chip Ganassi, and that is going to be weird. He's going to run That's going to ruffle some feathers. Oh, yeah. He's going to run the Coca-Cola 600, I think, because that's the day of the Indy 500. I could see that. Um, and, and maybe uh, I don't know if he'll do the double. One, no, he's not going to. I don't think he's going to run the 500. So I oh, think that's he's right. That's do right. That's right. right. He, he's convinced over here, people, that Johnson, he's like got insider information here. So, no, that's. Uh, um, I just don't see how if you if you want to come run IndyCar. How do you not want to run the Indy 500? Because he's stepping into the sport at 40 years old. It, it, like he said, I understand in, that in the interview I saw, he was even saying that. Hey, I, I get that uh, this is the biggest race. And if I would have got into this sport when I was 20 years old, I'm not missing it for the life of me. But now that I'm 40, I got a wife, I got three kids, I, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need it. I, I don't need to prove to myself that I'm a driver. I want to do this on road and street courses. This is what I want to do. So, but with that said, does the Ganassi call on an old friend and say, hey, you, you want to do a, a, a good farewell season? You want to run the ovals that Johnson isn't? You want to help him out in this car? Who, TK? TK. I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think so? Nah. The car's open there. You're going to bring sponsors. I think sponsors, again, I think Tony Kanaan, if he was to go out next year after what happened this year, I think sponsors would be easier to find for him. And not only that, but to, to say that they are going to share the car together, man. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't I don't see it happening. I could be wrong, but I, I don't I don't see him coming back to Ganassi. Uh, I mean, because do they fill a car for that, or do they just run that car for the the? I think they'll just courses? run it for the street and road courses. Okay, so now here's my next question: Does Ganassi, after this two year deal with Johnson is over, continue a four car team, or do they just collect the money and back it back down to three? Because that's what I think they're gonna do. Um, oh, take money, bro. I just, I, I think it's going to depend on what driver opportunities he has at that point. If there's, if there's really some driver that he's after, you know, a younger driver or a, a veteran driver that he really wants to put in that seat and is available, I can see him keeping the four car team because Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan's talking about adding another That's car. Third. Well, they still got to sign uh, Takumo. Right. So at this point, like that, that's what they said. Their their number one deal. They they want him next to Green. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that's a real good pairing. But you know they're talking about they're definitely wanting to get a third car team. I mean they had three cars at the five hundred, but they're talking about running a full season three car team. So I, I think you're going to see a lot more teams moving to that three four car team now. I mean you, you're going to have to to compete with the. Uh, 
I mean, hell, Andretti fields, what, six cars for the 500? That's what they used to say, though, and then Ganassi backs down to a two-car team, and he's still dominant with Dixon. So, but, I mean, you know, even right now, he's got a three-car team still dominant with Dixon. Exactly. So, why, And I don't see the fourth car, dis- like I said, I don't see it disrupting anything. I think if you look in the past, though, Ganassi, anytime he stacked his cars deep, his performance has, has fell. Now, I don't think Dixon is going to let that performance fall. But when Dixon steps away, if you're still a four-car team, that's when I see that kind of disruption. Now, I think Dixon stays with the team in some facade. But that's where I, I don't think you ha- – Dixon is a uh, – he's not a backbone. He is a, a steel foundation beam. I mean, he is the 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 heart of that Ganassi foundation. You'd have a hard time telling me otherwise. I understand the the engineer that he got this year has put him above and beyond now. But still, I mean, you take away Dixon from that equation and – I really think you need to back out to a back to a three car, two car team. No, I will agree with that. If you don't have Dixon there, yeah, you're that that's gonna hurt the day that Dixon decides to hang it up. It's not too far away. It's I mean, it's not what is he, forty one years old? Yeah. I mean you got lucky when when Dario decided he was hanging it up, you had Dixon there to keep the torch going. Absolutely right. Right now <clears throat> at Ganassi, and I'm not you know, I like Felix and I like Marcus. But I don't see either one of those guys at this point being that Scott Dixon. I could see Felix. I can see Felix coming into that role, but he still has some things to prove. The one downfall that Felix has in this step or in this stage Ovals. is well, his his age. Everybody else got into IndyCar when they were 18, 19, 20 years old. Felix got into it when he was twenty eight. Right. So he's a little older to step into IndyCar. So that progression that a lot of these guys were able to have before, uh, he wasn't able. So he had, he was, you know, they say people are tossed into the deep end. Now, he was a driver. He, he drove many different cars, but he was tossed into the middle of the deepest part of the ocean. And they said, hey, just run this thing. And I really think that if he stays consistent, if he stays strong there and learns from Dario and Scott that he can he can take that torch when it's given, but I think a lot of the focus is given to Dixon on that team. And then, you know, with Marcus, I, unless he really starts producing some big time results, I can see in a couple years, he's not going to be there. Right now. I don't see anybody that is better than uh, Erickson, honestly, that could take over and and run that car as consistent as he has. Um, Connor. Connor makes those little mistakes that at times that. But I think the reason he does do that, with him not having a full time ride. I mean, yes, he has he has a, a ride for every race this season, but not technically a full time ride with one team. I think if he got signed to a team like Ganassi or something like that, that would take a lot of pressure off. I think he goes out there and he tries so hard to produce results to where he can get that full-time ride, that he does make mistakes. I think he's trying that hard, and that's why he makes some of these mistakes. So you give him that big deal with a Ganassi or a Andretti or somebody like that, I think you're going to see that calm down a lot, and you're really going to see even a better driver out of Connor Daly. And that's possible there. Pressure does put a, a big part on a lot of But that also comes down to how you're going to drive the car when you're going into a championship and that last race is depending on that because that's why they call Dixon the Iceman. Uh, Jason, uh, to answer gonna... your question, I personally would love to see Kyle Busch run Indy. Will it ever happen? Uh, I would like to think yes. I think if it's going to happen, it's going to be next year because of the excitement that is building towards this next Indianapolis 500 with what happened this year. If we run in May with fans, I'd say if, you never know. But if we run in May with fans, I think the allure to this year's 500 will be almost bigger than the 100th running. Because you're still running off that momentum from the 100th running. I mean, you're still putting a lot of people in that. And then look at it this way, too. Penske up that money. It's going to be bigger next with, year. With, if Kyle Busch did decide to come run Indy, and we all seen Cole Pern 
uh, engineer for Connor Daly this year at mm-hmm. Indy. If my memory serves me correct, didn't Cole Pern and Kyle Busch work together at one point in NASCAR? That I just remember Cole Pern with Truex. He, I know he was, but I I want to say at one point, if, they if anybody away, out there it knows, wasn't a good exit. <laughs> if anybody out there knows uh, for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that Cole Pern and Kyle Busch worked together in either Xfinity or or on Gibbs or some. I, I think at one point in their career they worked together. I would think if they stepped away, then uh, <laughs> you no, 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 away from Kyle, unless they switch teams. And, and I mean, there's a lot of. We've seen it within these teams. There's a lot of juggling of crew chiefs. If somebody's not running as good, hey, let's switch up crew chiefs and put him here and him here. So I wouldn't necessarily say Jarrett Murphy says he don't believe they did work together. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking. I was thinking at some capacity they worked together in some series, but I don't know why. But I, I think that would be – I mean, we, we've talked about those guys from NASCAR. And you know Johnson's going to have a little hold of these guys. He's going to be talking to them still. He's going to say, guys, this is fun. <laughs> you got to try this. So this could open up kind of that uh, back in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, when you had a lot of guys kind of like the – or maybe 70s even, when the Al Unser, Al Unser Jr., those guys moving into NASCAR, guys from NASCAR moving over to Indy, kind of running a, a few races here and there. We see it with uh, um, oh Hanley. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it I, I wish you guys could see this right now. Uh, yes. That, that's running yes. the, the duels. Mm-hmm. So I, I think maybe that kind of opens up the the option here for him. He's going to show you something here if it picks it up. That's, the, that's what the ghost did when he blew him into the wall. <laughs> that's Daniel's axle. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> but, uh. I mean, you you look at IndyCar and um, midgets and sprint cars back in the day. If you were if you were the hot shoe and midgets and sprint cars and stuff like that, more than likely you were going to come run IndyCar. Right. You know, now over the years it went to more. You, You're you went to, you went to NASCAR. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Which, not to keep beating a dead horse. I would love to see somebody step up and offer Kyle Larson an IndyCar contract. Say, hey, oh, I agree. come come run IndyCar. And I really think that's – I think Carl – Kyle – Carl. What about Carl, though? Carl Larson. That's <laughs> that's his twin brother. Oh, Carl Edwards in IndyCar. Right. <laughs> that's what I thought you were – But I would, jump. <laughs> I would love to see Kyle Larson in IndyCar, and I think he would be a heart attack on an oval in an IndyCar. Oh, and that would be the uh, – um, I'm trying to think of the the way I'm trying to put this because you get a, a oval track in an Indy car that gets a little slick. Kyle Larson would be all over. That's it. what I'm thinking. Either that or he'd be dangerous because yeah. I don't know if you catch it the same way you do a stock car in a midget. But that I, I would. I'd like to see it. I mean, we we saw some of the like. Look at Clawson. He he was making that move before the uh, the unfortunate incident there. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the other one? Um, Rich Vogler. Oh uh, no, more recently Wilson. Oh yes, Wilson, Justin Wilson. He, he was another one on dirt. He was he was pretty good on dirt, and he moves over and acts or that that accident at Pocono. So um, I mean, w- we we started to see kind of that move, but that's where Larson understands open wheel. I mean that I think you need that. I think Bush might be a little scary. He's a racer, but the moves that he makes might really tick people off in IndyCar. Yeah, uh Jarrett Murphy's got a good point. Gordon turned the tides on that when Jeff Gordon cuz Jeff Gordon around here, he was the man when it came to running midget sprint cars, all right. that. I mean, he he dominated around here and dominated, you know, nationwide. Where whatever he was in a midget or a sprint, he was probably going to win. And then, you know, did the deal and signed and started running Bush because it was Bush cars at that time that was a baby Ruth car. I really wonder why he never tried the Indy 500. There was so, I mean, <clears throat> we talk about a driver that so many people wanted to see running the Indianapolis 500. And he even talked about wanting to do it. It's like, I, I know you could find a Hendrick would have put a one car entry in for you, dude. Yeah. It's like, I, I think he was just so focused in NASCAR 
And that's it. He knew that was his. Hey, I got to put my focus here. I can't step it away. And now he again, he's older. He's got a family. Once he retired, everybody kind of opened that uh, idea back up. He didn't have millions of dollars it takes to open wheel. Back then, when no, when, not right. when he was making the transfer, no, he didn't. But you know his his stepfather was a uh, vice president of uh, Pepsi Cola. I did not know that because. If you remember right, back in the day around here, when he first started running Bush, and he was still running midgets to sprint cars, and he lived in Pittsburgh, Indiana, and he got uh, pulled over a few times for um, underage uh, alcohol consumption and driving. Whoopsie. <laughs> and at that point, when he was running Bush, Baby Ruth was, was talking about pulling their sponsorship for him getting in trouble for that stuff. And uh, that's when his it's actually his stepdad stepped in and said, hey, you know, Baby Ruth pulls a sponsorship. We'll put Pepsi on the car. We'll be all right. <laughs> well, it kind of worked out for him. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. Unfortunate accident there. But, um, let's see. Right. And right. That, right. That was, yeah, absolutely. And that was when IndyCar, you, you could put some money into it because you had three different chassis. You had different tires. You had, you had motor options. Right, I mean, absolutely. So. <clears throat> More money in NASCAR. At yeah, at that time years. it was. Right, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because that was the that was probably the, I'm not going to say the unsafest time, but you see a lot of deaths in that time when Gordon is coming into that, that big style of racing in open wheel. I mean, that's right around Senna. That's right around uh, uh, Brack. That's and, right around. And at that time, NASCAR was really gaining their momentum. Because that's uh, right around when IndyCar was getting ready to do right. their split, and, and you still had Dale Earnhardt run. You still had uh, Bill Elliott. That, that Bill Elliott. Right you was... had uh, Richard Petty. You still had Daryl Waltrip. You still had Rusty Wallace. Oh, yeah. I mean, you still had all the big names Ricky in Rudd. NASCAR. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, at that time when Gordon came in, that was, that was the best move for him he could have made. Mark Martin. Mark Martin. Uh, yeah. Bobby and Terry Labonte. Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. Dale Jarrett. Yeah, you can keep it going. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, man, that was a, some fun raising right there. That really was. I didn't realize this, uh, not to just skip around here, but uh, did you see when Richard Petty led the, the field around that they had a black flag him? Huh? <laughs> he wouldn't pull off the track. <laughs> All right. He took him around two extra pace laps, and they're like, "You gotta pull off, dude." He's an overachiever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's having so much fun. I thought that was awesome there. So, but um, I'm trying to think here. We got any other uh, uh, IndyCar news yesterday? Um, well deserved. Well deserved win there. Yeah. Um, and, and I really thought Graham was going to get that third away from Rossi. He was. He was running down. He had more push to pass left, and. He just overdrove it. No, they both got to the point where their their back tires were shot because oh, yeah. even at Rossi was, oh, drifting was drifting through some through of the that. turns. Yeah, I did see that. And Graham was trying to get him, and then you could just <laughs> see when he was coming off turns, he was getting tire spin, and it was. But uh, pretty good race. I I, I like Mid Ohio. I think it's a great track, and um, I'm I'm excited to watch him go again today. Yeah, it was so, it was a great race. Yeah, he was at Grand Marshington at Darlington two years ago. I saw a video this week, and he just, he wouldn't fall off. There. Okay, <laughs> I thought that was good. Um, so, um, uh, what were we uh, what were we just discussing there? I completely lost track. I did too. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, Andy Carr yesterday there. That's what Will Power um, really deserved that that win. Really, we talked about this before the show. Is he really when when Will Power needs to win? Will he Power produces. needs to win. Yeah, and and I'm not going to say that completely put the nail in the coffin for his uh, contract there at Penske, but I, I mean we look at Simon. He's not producing like he was last year, and both of yeah, these guys, Simon's had a rough year. Both of these guys are on the bubble, so you 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 watch Simon today. He could come out. And really fire away pretty hard here. He needs to. He needs he needs a strong run. And we've discussed it before. Anytime you know a driver like that, and, and Will and Simon both, the season they've had so far, you go out and get a win that really regains your confidence. You know, you, you get enthusiastic again. You know, because when you're out there struggling and not having good races week in, week out, 
it's like you know you, you don't even want to go race you you're, you're just like okay whatever but when, once you get that weight <laughs> once you get that race win then you're like yeah let's go and then exactly, you're pumped right. especially and, and that helps going into a double header and what he said afterwards was i i went on my strategy here today and i just wanted to push the whole race He's like, I didn't want to have to save for tires. I didn't want to have to save for fuel. I told myself I was just going to push all day, and that's what I did, and I won it. So you're, I think we'll see that same kind of approach here today um, from Willpower. And like I said, I think uh, this puts the, the flame under uh, Pagano's rear end to, to really get something done because you know Newgarden's not out. Right. And I would, I would say keep an eye on Graham again today. Graham, oh, Graham runs hungry. good at Mid-Ohio. Okay. He's hungry. Graham is hungry. I mean, you know, his teammate won the Indy 500, and then the week after that he won one of the races in the doubleheader. Exactly. And and that's what I think is a good balance there at Ray Hall Letterman because you've got – Graham's not bad at ovals, but he – But he Sato's better. Exactly. And he performs much better, Graham does. Street and road the, courses. Exactly. Because Sato can be a, a little dangerous. Kamikaze. <laughs> yeah, that's where he can get a little – he's going to try to outbreak you – extremely where he just needed to kind of outbreak you so uh uh that's you know that's where people give sato a hard time but uh i i think that's a, a great pair there that those guys have uh together with each other right so uh i think that's that, all for andy yeah that's not that's not new oh if that's what you're looking at, i haven't taken that down yet so um, um yeah they, moving they on the race today so uh yeah i think what 230 so, and we'll do some picks on that later. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, but moving on, we'll discuss a little iRacing, too. Um, we got, what we got tonight? We got Pricks to Pavement tonight. Yep. Uh, starting next Sunday, Slide Job Sunday fires back up. It returns after a season yep. off. <laughs> uh, we got a new track this week, new dirt track this week on uh, iRacing. Have you raced that one yet? I no? haven't been on it yet. That's I have. I bought Weed Sport. I, I bought it too. I'm going to broadcast uh, a race from Weed Sport probably here the next right. week or two. Someone's going to be like, hey, can you broadcast this dirt? Yeah, no problem. Um, so um, we got Weed Sport. There was a new, uh, what was the uh, um, rally course that they put out? I did not know it they did. It starts with a C. Oh, my gosh. It looks fantastic. Um, and then there was was there a uh, uh, Nashville? They brought out Nashville, the, okay. the fairgrounds. Okay. So uh, uh, pretty interesting uh, little week there of uh, updates. They've got the new Delara. I've seen that. Which is, they uh, have the new C8R, which I already bought it. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you ran that yet? <laughs> Not yet, but so, I did buy it. Th yeah, that'll be an interesting one to, to check out. I want to take it to Road America and try it. I heard a lot of grumblings, if you will, about people. Because did you see iRacing gave a few things for free then? Yes. So, guys, if, if, if what they're doing, I, I see what they're doing. Like, You can't be mad if you bought that already. I mean, you, you've raced it. You've had plenty of time with it. Um, cause some of these cars just became available, um, for free, like Lanier, the track, I think is, is what it was just became available for free. Uh, the modifieds just became available. I, I bought them before. I mean, I, I get it, but I guess at, at that point, if, if you're not going to race it a lot, don't buy it right. until it becomes, uh, archived or something. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but I don't think you can blame iRacing. They're they're doing a good job trying to uh, improve their platform. I think the officials have, have cleaned up, but I'm kind of in that mid tier. I'm not in the top because I've heard those can kind of get nasty, and I'm not at the bottom where guys don't know what they're doing. So I, I feel like that middle pack there is pretty clean right now in official racing. Have you done any officials lately? Uh, no, I haven't. But I did. Uh, I did run Pricks to Pavement Thursday night for the uh, uh, man. You're all over yeah. here. <laughs> Developmental series. We were at Bristol. All in all, pretty clean race. Yeah. Except for you know people are just attracted to my car. So speaking of that, if anybody on here does paints and wanna, <laughs> wants to do me something just wild with our logos on it, I'll advertise your business for a month free on the show. <laughs> Uh, cause yeah, I, I gotta change cars. Everybody's like to, likes to hit my <laughs> the black one. Yeah. Um, but anyways, but for the most part, it was a clean race, some good racing. Um, Daniel ends up bringing home third. 
Yeah, Timmy Trowbridge yeah. second, and uh, a guy a guy that we were getting ready to we were practicing. I think qualifying was getting ready to start. This guy hops in a mess. He hops in Discord. Hey, can I can I join your all's race? And uh, they're like, Yeah. He goes, I tried joining the league and it hasn't accepted me yet. So they got on there like, Oh, you should be good now. So he jumps in at the last minute, goes out, qualifies, lays down a good lap, and then wins. Nice. <laughs> Which actually Travis Butt won, I believe. But he, but he changed out. he changed lanes on the restart, so he ended up getting fifth, I believe. Yep, falling back there. So it's uh, been pretty clean racing here lately. We got the uh, ECRS there in uh, playoff mode in the the truck series. So and those guys great. run clean. That's a, that's a good series. So d- Thursday night, we're we're running. And it's at Mossport, at the trucks are right. A lot of these guys are oval racers, right? They don't do the best at the the road courses. So naturally, Thomas is up front by a good amount. He he understands road courses. He gets it. So Downing's behind him. I'm saying on the broadcast, man, Thomas just has to beat himself at this point. Well, Thomas looks down and thought it was a forty lap race instead of a thirty lap race, and he was pushing. He thought everybody was going to have to pit. So. He pushes it to the the point where it is, uh, it's low on fuel. Downing's been saving, trying to conserve, and he's thinking to himself, "Man, I don't know with Thomas that far out there, like where my gas is. Thomas is going to be out. He, this is this could get bad here for for Thomas. It could get real good for me. Thomas ends up pitting. I'm watching Thomas's in car. We're we're sitting there in the in car, and all of a sudden I'm just. No, I hear him slow down. He's going to the pits. It's like, oh, no, he's going to run out of gas. So he ends up four seconds behind Downing with three laps left, and he couldn't catch him. So Downing ends up taking that uh, ECRS truck win. So really, really uh, interesting race there. Kind of uh, uh, not a mistake you often see by uh, Thomas there. No, he's usually pretty solid. Right, absolutely. So uh, that was that was pretty uh, interesting to watch there. I need to start watching more of the uh, the NASCAR, the official uh, stuff that they got going on. They did a, a kind of a radioactive deal with them. Did you see that at all? No. That was kind of interesting. These guys, you don't see them as uh, uh, really. You don't see a lot of their uh, personalities, if you will, on. Uh, iRacing with the you, you see more of the dirt guys personality on iRacing than you do the the asphalt guys and, and these guys are talking crap about each other in the cars and it was pretty interesting to to kind of see that side of them there so i thought that was pretty cool and uh i'm trying to think if there's anything else i racing wise we got the elite racing leagues they're on their indycar series now we got a week off this week. We're back at it next week, I think, at Road America. So that should be fun. That's uh, the one with uh, Robert McGinnis. He's in right. that. Uh, Robert Wickens is in that. So uh, that's that's pretty fun one to call there. So oh, that's sweet. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is little uh, skins there for the uh, uh, wheels. I've seen some people do the Logitech, like a... Uh, uh dale earnhardt skin or jeff gordon skin stuff like, like that, that. too that is cool <laughs> so um i'm trying to think is there anything else no i think we hit you know pretty much everything that so it's the time of the week where we will make our checkers and wreckers picks of the week i want you guys to follow along with us here and you want uh, this is for the IndyCar race here, yep. so at Mid Ohio, gonna pick your checker, somebody you think's gonna do pretty good, if not win. Gonna pick your wrecker, not necessarily wreck, but you know the case, not necessarily do as good as they should. And then a dark horse, and the dark horse is somebody that uh, maybe fallen back a little, hasn't performed to their knowledge, or not their knowledge, but their uh, ability. ability, and um, or uh, a lower tier team there. That you think is gonna perform pretty well here today, and I will get it all started. I think I got some solid picks today. And my checker pick here today—it's been a while since I picked this man, but he performed well yesterday. He got a top three. I'm gonna go with him. I think he's gonna do something. He's hungry as Graham. I'm gonna go with Alexander Rossi. Rossi for your checker, huh? Well, and it's funny you mentioned my checker in that sentence. <laughs> I'm gonna take Graham Rahal for my checker. 
<clears throat> I think that's a solid pick there, right there. So there, right there. I think that's a solid pick right there. So uh, we'll we'll see how these guys pull out today. Go to pick the Rekas, and I'm gonna go with Newgarden here today. Just uh, I, I don't know exactly where he finished yesterday, but uh, um, competing in this, I think it was top ten. Competing in this title to to close that gap within Dixon. He really needs a solid top five today. I don't think he gets that. I'm going to go with Newgarden. And I'm going to go with his teammate, Simon Pagano. We talked about him earlier. He's just not having a good season. He didn't have a good day yesterday. He's just struggling right now. Yep. So it'd be interesting to see if these guys can pick it up here. And then we go with the Dark Horse picks. And, and this is a hard one to pick here today. I got a good one. My Dark Horse, I mean – I don't think you can pick Graham as a dark horse anymore. Nah. I mean, let's go. Uh, okay, dark horse. It's a Ganassi car, but I think Marcus Erickson is going to okay. have a good showing here today. Okay. Uh, I'm going with the youngster. He had a good day, solid day yesterday. Renus VK. Did you hear him when he passed? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that was a move, though. That was. that was a move. He hung it out there. I was like. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, he did. And just motored on by. He was like, "Woo!" Yeah. That was great. <laughs> that was good. He's really turned his season around. He has. He has, and I will say that. So I think that's a solid pick there as well. Uh, I, I think it's an interesting race here today. I think they're about to qualify. They may already just finish qualifying. So uh, we'll have to check out that. But as far as that goes, I think we are done for this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in here today. Oh. It's already over. Who got the Poe? I'm looking right now. Uh -huh. You can check us out at www.bwsports1 as the numeral.com. Again, it's www.bwsports1.com. Is that right? Check. Yeah, the, 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 no, I'm talking about this lineup. <laughs> then you can check. It says uh, Colton Herta, Santino Ferrucci, Scott Dixon, Alex Pillow. Felix, Simon Pagano, Marco, Ryan Hunter Ray, Joseph Newgarden, Rossi 10th. Wow. VK 11th, Graham 12th, Erickson 15th, Will Power 17th, Pato's 21st. Be an interesting one today. We're going to yeah. see some climbing through the field there. So, um, yeah, as always, check out the sponsors. We got Buck Kicker, we got Oralex, making this sound so clean, clear, and crisp. We've also got First Financial Bank and Sean Nugent, the rock star realtor. Check out all those guys and driving for dyslexia. They've been helping us out a lot down there. I've seen that. There, so. And uh, don't forget, uh, is it a bruisey? A bruisey race where absolutely, I can't wait. We are that close to that thing coming in. I cannot wait to put that on, strap that. A bruisey race we're on, not just for out on the track. Actually, if you want, if you, you know, you wear gloves. I do. I wear gloves. So I wear shoes too. I need my steering wheel and gloves. Steering wheel and gloves. <laughs> That's what I think every time. I'm I might, I might have to hit him up and see if he can do some uh, gloves and shoes to match whatever skin I decide to put on my wheel. There you go. Absolutely. So yeah, check them out. A bruisey racewearusa.com. And thank you guys so much for tuning in here today to Checkers and Wreckers. We appreciate. Each and every one of you. Once again, if you do uh, iRacing wraps or skins and would like to do a NASCAR for me, hit me up. <laughs> right on. You guys have a fantastic day. Peace. Peace. We're out.